mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Sorry, I just, I just manhandled the microphone there in a very unprofessional way. Yes, it was quite vigorous <laughs> the way you... <laughs> grappled with it it's the beginning of the week jane yes are we on am i on yeah i feel a bit and relative well it's all relative quite energized today do you <laughs> now why do you think that is what do you have for your lunch uh i had uh chicken with pasta and jalapenos and a bit of oh i, I didn't eat that squash no i noticed that actually yeah. well look you've had a slow releasing carb so yeah, maybe that's yeah. it. Yeah, that must be it. So fasting's in the news because our Prime Minister here in the UK, Rishi Sunak, I think I don't think he revealed it. Someone revealed it on his behalf. Sources they? close to. Sources close to. Sriracha, ketchup, all of them. They've all released the information that he fasts between. So it's 5pm on a Sunday. And... No, is it 7pm on a Sunday? And no, then, I think it's 5. And then it's f until 5am on... Tuesday morning. For a start, who's up at five? I'm fasting at five because I'm asleep. <laughs> yeah. It's not that bloody difficult. But it's quite a weird one because obviously sources close to the Prime Minister must have thought that this would portray him in quite a kind of modern and self-controlled and kind of dedicated light. But actually, if you're of the persuasion like we are... Mm that there's nothing quite as good as a nice lunch. Well, just a meal, really. Just a good meal. Hot meal. Three nice times meal. a day. With three different types of things on the plate. Yeah. Then uh, it's not very appealing at all. And, of course, now you just really worry, don't you? Because if World War Three breaks out, and we do live in times of impending doom, on a Monday evening, I mean, that's a bloke with a low blood sugar level. Mm. I make terrible decisions if I haven't eaten all day. I mean, really terrible decisions, Jay. Yeah. Yes. Well, I don't, I can't. I'm saying yes, but I don't know. You wouldn't. Would <laughs> you? just wouldn't. Never, I wouldn't have never eaten. Well, we used to joke, didn't we, that you did intermittent fasting. It was when you were asleep. <laughs> yes, that's so, it. It's worked it. a treat for me. Yeah. Anyway, I am still in recovery and I need some other people to get in touch on this subject because I can talk and really genuinely think of nothing else but that film, All of Us Strangers. I, just, I haven't been as moved or as just boggled by a film in years, decades. Now, this is about friendship starring Andrew Scott and... Paul Mescal. Well, it's not Scott. friendship, it's two men that they have an affair. But there's much more to it than that, much more. 
and it's about it's about parenting and it's about missed opportunities and isolation in the city and loneliness and I just think and it's magical actually it is a magical film and I I just Rosie our chief colleague um she'd seen it last night as well and she said yes it was it was you know quite good for me it was honestly the best film I've seen for as long as I can remember. Well, Fee, it was better than Jungle Cruise. That's right. Well, no, it was. Who can forget the impact that had <laughs> on you? That was when I said that I'd fallen in love again, fallen back in love with cinema. Yes, yes. But that was yeah. after COVID when I hadn't been to the cinema. It wasn't so much. It wasn't so much the fact you said that. It was the way you said it. Well, Dwayne the Rock. It's can... just very, very, very. Hello, Marlena Dietrich. Yeah, okay. Anyway, um, so if you've seen that movie, I've not seen that movie because no. we had well, a, I want you a to see it. I family want you to celebration see it. at the weekend. Yes, and it went well. And, and it went very, it's yeah. over. It went very well. Do you know what? I did wake up on uh, Sunday morning feeling uh, like the, the just, I, I felt like I'd lost a stone in weight. I'd been on holiday. Everything was good in the world. Uh, no wrong was happening to anybody on the planet. I just felt lighter, Jane. Because, yes, I can, I can imagine. Yes, there's something in... It's It's just... it. It's going back... I mean, obviously, so this is my, uh, my son's 18th birthday party. But it took me back to those times of early years parenting when you're responsible, just really, yeah. really, really responsible. And you forget what that feeling's like, really, don't you? And then when you've got a house full... I can't... Seriously, I can't imagine. But they were lovely. They had such a they had such a nice time. Just absolutely lovely, and you know, welcome to the adult world, Sunny Jim. It's a warm welcome, yeah. and I'm sure he'll make the most of it. Um, I have to say, the pandemic had nothing good about it, except to say that my 18 year old, she became 18 during COVID, and had a party on Zoom, which actually was that's so sad. sad. It was sad. Yeah, it was sad. Yeah, she's 21 next week, and uh, well, I hope that she's making up for it. Yeah, yes. by doing a big 21st. Well. It's oh. big enough for you. <laughs> she's planning two. So anyway, you know, it's just, uh, she's having she's at university, so she can have one there. I feel a bit um, bereft actually because I won't be with her on her twenty first. But then I suppose you give birth to them, they go away, don't they? Well, they can do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can I just recommend a couple of things? Are you watching Criminal Record? No, I don't know that. So that is the crime. It's a cop drama series, and it stars Peter Capaldi and Kush Jumbo, and yeah. it is fantastic. Is it? I haven't seen... I haven't. You haven't. I haven't. Could someone go in search of the H? I haven't seen anything uh, as good as, as that. As good as that? Since Line of Duty. Really? And it's a bit kind of, you know, is is it a bent copper? Is it not a bent copper mm. kind of thing going down? But it's really, really superb. Four episodes up at the moment. Uh, I think there are only probably... Uh, couple of episodes to go so catch up on that if you can and the other top recommendation is ray um the oh, singer the crooner yeah the crooner well she's just much more than a crooner isn't she so she's been nominated for an absurd number of brits all very well deserved actually and um i just couldn't recommend her latest album the one that she's had all of the nominations for enough the album's called my 21st century blues um it's a it's a journey album and the, so it tells it tells a lot of stories within the album and you can listen to it from start to finish 
if you listen to it from start to finish, she introduces it at the beginning. Welcome to my world. And you follow her through all of these different stories. And then she says, you know, and thanks for listening. And they're all about her. They're all about her. And they're beautifully told. And some of them tell of really dark things in the music business and stuff. Mm-hmm. And as she explains in the album, it's taken her a very long time to make this. Uh, and it's just beautiful music. And a friend of mine showed me... Uh, she did a concert at the Royal Albert Hall with the backing of an orchestra where she performed the album. So if you like a bit of music, you know, with timpani on and all of that kind of stuff, it's a wonderful, wonderful okay. watch as well. OK, well, I'll certainly look that up. I will. And actually, you reminded me, All of Us Strangers has got an amazing soundtrack as well, 80s music. So things that I'd never, songs I'd never thought of as moving until I heard them in the context of this film. The stuff by Alison Moyet, it's got a great voice. Uh, House Martins, Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Nice, very um, nice. Oh, that's our time. Well, it isn't is. It? I mean, I wonder whether that's why I found it so poignant. But anyway, I just, I just, if you haven't been to the cinema for a long time, and you think, oh, God, there's nothing, there's nothing. It's all just crash, bang, wallop. Honestly, trust me. Yeah, this isn't. Do you know what? I'm still so tempted to just wait for things to come out on the streaming oh, platforms. I don't know, it was lovely last night because, well, it's not lovely to hear people crying, but, but to hear just the to be amongst a crowd to feel the impact that the film was having on people felt very special. Yeah, see, I don't like that anymore. No. <laughs> Just being no. honest. Okay. No, no, I don't. I don't. I struggle with people, you know, crackling. Struggle with people. <laughs> yes. Crackling their way through uh, essential emotional parts of a film whilst they try and find the minstrel that's got no, lost no. right at oh. the bottom of the package. I didn't have minstrels, I had popcorn. I just don't really like I've said before, I think popcorn's a waste of time. Anyway, uh, just go and see it. Right, uh, what do you want to do first? Well, we must inv- we must do the cat, because I know at least one person can't stand anecdotes about cats. Yeah, so let's just do, this is our final cat segment. Yeah, yeah. And also because, to be honest, the cat pictures, they're not translating well when we describe them because they're just all of cats pissing. And I think he's... <laughs> One cat pissing on a basin. You've yeah. seen them all, Jane. You've, you've proved it, OK? <laughs> Apparently, we are the only cat owners on Earth who cannot train our moggies to pee appropriately, OK? And we're sorry about that, and we're very jealous. <laughs> but please, no more images, because I don't know what the, the authorities are making of this. I mean, the Chinese are presumably monitoring it all. What do they think in Beijing? What do you think they think at Times Towers? Because they're bound to have some kind of a firewall on all of our communications. Yes, I'm sure. Uh, Now, where is it? I don't know. What are you looking for? The one about the um, you-know-what. We'll find it. Um, Beck says, uh, hello, Beck. I like Jane's comment about passing on rumours. One of my friends from work once passed on a rumour that was meant to be top secret, so he finished it with the caveat, when you tell someone else this, make sure you start the conversation with don't tell anyone else this, (laughs) which is, I'm sure, how all top spies operate. Yes, I've met top spies, and that's exactly what they always say, isn't it? When someone passes on something juicy, it is always... With the caveat, you must not spread this around. Don't tell anyone. Yeah, always works, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I think that there are very rare people, actually, the keepers of secrets, because I think too many people like the currency of the gossip. 
Uh, love and Peace comes from Lottie, who's 24, and she's been listening to us since she was 18 when her mum got her hooked on the old podcast. I think I've probably listened to every single episode over the years. Whilst travelling, through moving out, getting married, you're always the background voices while I go about my day or sleep. I've never thought to write in before, but after hearing Wednesday's episode where a listener shared her cat watching her use the loo when... <laughs> this is the last one. I thought you might like to see the footage of our six-month Maine Coon, Quentin, using the toilet with grace and ease. We never taught or showed him this. He just started out one day out of the blue. Uh, I thought you may enjoy a recent happening in which my mum's 15-year-old cockapoo cost us over a grand in CT scans and tests after a three-week funny turn. Now, Lottie is training as a veterinary nurse and no one at work could quite figure out exactly what was causing her shaking and strange behaviour. But then they found out that she'd been eating my mum's HRT patches and had basically plunged herself into menopause. So, you see, it's not about cat. It's a cockapoo. It's a cockapoo. So we've totally steered around cats for that. And I hope that person who complained about the cat content is now happy. But I think, Lottie, what we'd really like to know uh, is the manifestation of what you call strange behaviour. I mean, obviously the shaking's terrible, but what else went down when the cockapoo went into an early menopause? Uh, Lottie can confirm that she's absolutely fine now uh, and she's back to her non-hormonal self. Uh, so do get back in touch if you've got any more detail on that. Now, last week, uh, we had an interview with the phenomenal Dame Stephanie Shirley. Uh, she came to the UK on the Kinder Transport in 1939 when she was just a tiny girl. She was five. Uh, and she just forged this incredible path in computing, actually, uh, a force of nature. Uh, she is now a Dame and a Companion of Honour and has received all sorts of other honours and titles over the years, richly deserve, deserves all the credit she had uh, but this has come in from Rachel who says I'm a technology professional I've managed to make a living working in IT for the last 25 years and I owe an awful lot to Dame Stephanie I first read about her in the computer weekly at a time when I was just starting out as a programmer in a male dominated industry Fast forward 25 years, I'm still working in a male-dominated industry, but Dame Shirley's example is an inspiration to us all, and I've talked about her at panel events with graduates and anyone who'll listen. I'll attend any conference she's speaking at, and I'm so thankful to her for providing us with a model to emulate and someone to feel proud of. When my mum was sewing sleeves on cardigans in the evenings during the 70s to make extra cash, there were other women who were able to work as software developers using the piecework model in their own homes, allowing them to become financially independent. Dame Shirley then made them all millionaires when she sold the company in 2000, not to mention her philanthropic work for autism charities. But what I do find baffling is that I was on yet another gender diversity panel this week and we are still trying to tempt young women into jobs in tech. Why is it still so hard? Uh, Rachel, thank you for that. I know that you have daughters and you've been lobbying them and their friends to consider careers in tech, but none of them are interested, which is that's surprising and incredibly depressing. And as you say, I don't know why we're still in this position. It's something that I've talked about in other programmes I've done over the years on radio. And it just seems women, young women just seem quite resistant to that sort of work. Do you think it's the example that a lot of old women are setting? What, what, by? By not being curious enough about tech or, uh, d you know, talking uh, about how difficult how they difficult find it, it to is. use tech or kind of laughing that they can't get involved in tech. 
Well, I mean, it's, it's just a plain fact, isn't it, that while young women choose not to go into tech, in spite of the best efforts of women like Rachel and indeed Stephanie Shirley, it is going to continue to be a male-dominated and thus perhaps not all that welcoming workplace for women. Because it's not that we don't like men, it's not like that we don't want to be around men, but we don't want there to be ten times more men than women yeah. in our workspace. But also there's a terrible self-fulfilling prophecy as well mm. because then the tech that ga- gets made... That gets created, yeah. You know, is... Um, it's not women-friendly. Yeah, yeah. It's easier to use if you're a man mm. and so we find it more difficult to interact. And we know already interact. that AI is man-shaped. Yeah. So we should just be very careful because we quite often laugh at, uh, at the inability to work things and stuff. Mm. And maybe we should be better at saying... That's our bad, but let's find the good things that we can use and be positive and optimistic about them. If you have a view, you know what you can do. There's a slogan. <laughs> that's very good. Jane and Fee at times.radio. Yeah, and that's using tech to get in touch with us. Janet's in Tooting, which is in southwest London. Uh, fascinating story about remembering births. I don't remember mine at all, but I was born apparently with a cord around my neck. My amazing mother, Pauline, was told by the home birth midwife to stop pushing so I could be untangled. She says that felt impossible and terrifying, but I was born perfectly okay. Phew. However... I've always absolutely hated things touching my neck, like polo neck sweaters, coat collars, scarves, short necklaces, etc. And I feel it's connected. And my first experience of the outside world was being partially strangled. But of course, this could all be in my imagination. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 23 was a tough year, but here we are in 24, says Janet. Uh, And we wish you the very best, actually. I think you've had quite a tough time over the last year or so. Um, So that's intriguing, isn't it? Because that, that, that may well be some kind of a sensory memory uh, that is just so ingrained in you. Well, here's Karen, who yeah. says, um, I'm not the qualified expert on memory, but I do believe, I do believe, she says, that I remember being born. Not the birth canal bit, but the bit after. I've got an image of very blurry, dark, shadowy figures all peering down at me with a very bright white background. I was aware of noises voices that's all i remember but it's a strong image and i've had it from a really young age when i was just a child and it keeps replaying i couldn't really understand it and it wasn't like a dream it was an image or an experience that has simply always stuck with me well i mean who's to say there we are i think we're on to something yeah yeah if you too can recall i think probably the birth canal is an experience we do we want to avoid that I don't know. I do. The canal boats give me the giggles. Canal boats. <laughs> well, it's. I don't. <laughs> I'm just making a leap, but it's it's just my idea of. Oh, I was going to suggest that we oh, went on a little barge no, holiday. No, 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 no. <laughs> so no. So when I walk Nancy, <laughs> sometimes we we walk down by the canal, and I just always think it's just it's always the scene of a really devastating murder in Inspector Morse oh, yeah, or Happy Valley. There's yeah. always kind of horrible people living on canal boats. I'm, I'm sure, sure they're not <laughs> horrible people. <laughs> not all of them, but but in dramas, canal. As soon as you see uh, there's a you know houseboats on a canal, something bad happens. Yes, Jane. I know what you mean. It is, it is a bit of a TV drama cliche, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. And the only times I've ever been on one, and they've, you know, they've been happy occasions, you know, for birthday parties and stuff like that. But it's just such a very odd vision of the world, just people walking past. You can only see up to people's knees, can't you, as they walk past 
uh, commenting on either the boat, you, their life, and or you, something. You're desperate to see their other bits, but all you can see is just their knees. But it's just very odd. Um, I've got really. I would have upset the houseboat community. I'm sorry about well, that. Well, there we are. If you live on a houseboat and you'd like to make a formal complaint, you can certainly start with me. <laughs> Read Jane Rankins out. Oh She's yeah, no, she nice. likes you. Yeah, yeah, but I don't say it in that no. term. Look, it's only Monday. I was feeling positive about the world. <laughs> no, Jane says. Oh, I thought it was good actually. You did one of these uh, questionnaires. Was it in the? It was in the Times on Saturday, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. Uh, well, because I, I don't, for some reason, I get the times delivered. Yes, it's a perk of the job. It doesn't normally come on a Saturday, but by, I don't know why it doesn't. I've asked before why it doesn't. This Saturday it came. So as I turned the page, what did I see? But little... You must have been thrilled. <laughs> there she is. There she is, I thought. No, but it was your, what is it, culture fix. Yes. So I thought you were very honest, actually, because you. I would, well... These questions, they just ask you what your favourite music is, favourite TV, and the temptation must be to sound, you know, really... Yes, intellectual, yes. well-read, all yeah. of that. Mm. And I thought, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to be honest. Can I just make one correction, though, which other people have pointed out? So they ask you about your favourite lyric, and mine is uh, by Jimmy Webb, sung by Glenn Campbell. Yeah, which Jimmy is, Webb uh, wrote the lyrics, yeah. Yes. The lyric... Yeah. Yes. Yep, uh, which is on Wichita Line Man, mm -hmm. and it's I need you more than one, and I want you for all time, mm -hmm. which is just so beautiful. Um, but I, I said, you know, sung by Glenn Campbell, and lots of people got in touch to say written by Jimmy Webb. Yeah. So happy to make that Do you know, I correction. Have, when I had CDs, and sometimes I really regret getting rid of my CDs. Have you got rid of your CDs? Yes, I have. Yeah, I wish I hadn't. I don't know why I did. Really, I suppose space. Uh, there was a, uh, I had a CD of Jimmy Webb singing uh, all his best songs, and uh, Wichita Lyman was one of them. Yeah, it is um, a beautiful. Song. Yeah, he's he's such an amazing, such an amazing um, songwriter. Absolutely fantastic. Um, yes, I thought you came across very authentically. I just love this from Caroline because this is just something I hadn't thought about for years. And she's put it right back to the front and centre of my brain. Thank you, Caroline. She's 60 this year. Don't worry about it, Caroline. Perhaps you and I could have a joint function. We'll invite everybody. Um, who should we invite? I don't know. <laughs> What's the total number there? <laughs> Me, Caroline. Uh, I don't know. We might be able to dredge up a couple of relatives. I was just thinking about when I was at school, going to those really weird careers meetings and being told I've got to learn to type because I was a girl. Uh, sod that, I thought, and I went on to become an engineer, and then a mum, and latterly worked in sales. However... This is the bit I love. My ambition was actually to work on a fruit and veg market stall. So, I, and I just listen carefully because I love this. So I could twist the brown paper bag by its corners to secure the goods for a safe journey home. It used to fascinate me how many apples they could successfully spin and throw the said goods in an anti-clockwise movement towards them and then not split the bag. I used to try it in private without success and hide behind my mother's skirt the following week when she complained how bruised the apples were. She never knew of my failed career. Now, I have not thought of that for decades, but it's true. Those happy-go-lucky chappies selling the fruit and veg used to put everything and think, and then, yeah, and it was all done in one swift, incredibly mm. slick movement. And they didn't bruise the stuff. And don't you just hate the plastic bags on a roll in supermarkets? Yeah, they're so flimsy. Yeah, they always split, and they're not as satisfying no. at all. No, they're really not. As so, satisfying. what a lovely memory to receive. That's the kind of thing we absolutely love. It's a uh, bit niche. 
But it's beautiful. As well as fun French facts too. And then we need to get to our interview, which is today with... Jill Scott. Brilliant. Uh, This one comes from Kath. Uh, It's quite a long email, but I'm just going to do the bit about drivers, if that's okay. Uh, Further to your conversation about drivers in Ireland not passing their tests, I live in France, and here we have a category of cars for which you don't need a licence. They're two-seaters, they're limited to 50 kilometres an hour, but anyone can drive them out on the public roads. They used to be popular with older ladies in rural France whose husbands had passed away and they needed to do the shopping. They're also great for drink drivers who lose their license. (laughs) That's incredible. As well as for people whose doctors tell them they should no longer be behind the wheel of a car. But that's just terrible because they're two-seaters. Presumably they're a little bit flimsy. And you can't accelerate out of trouble. Anyway, Kath goes on to say they're all the rage with youngsters <laughs> as new trendy models are available and you can drive from the age of 14. I've expressed my astonishment many times to French friends but received nothing more than a Gallic shrug. <laughs> and Caroline in France has sent us the same thing. Uh, these cars, according to Caroline, are called voitures sans permis. Uh, so well, that translates literally as cars, cars without, without permit, permission. without permits, without license. Yeah, yep. mm. uh, that just about anyone can drive uh, by anybody. That's to say, people who've never taken a driving test. If you were born before 1988, it's a lot of detail now. Yeah, bear attention, everybody. A little don't, dense, but uh, <laughs> don't listen. don't. Don't drop off yet. Every day's a school day. <laughs> People who've had their licences taken away, even for drink driving and speeding offences. I think this is just bizarre. Mm. Uh, and you can only imagine my joy, says Caroline, each time I find one in front of me on an 80 kilometre an hour road. Oh, my God. And the calibre of the drivers, dot, 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 as Caroline says. Uh, so, yes, that's just a little bit weird, don't you think? I think it is very weird. I mean, we are somewhat, we do judge foreign in speech marks drivers, don't we? Uh, and we do tend to think that driving standards are lower on the place we now call the continent. <laughs> on mainland Europe. The continent. <laughs> and, um, but whether that's strictly true, I don't know. Um, I mean, I, the idea, my idea of an absolute hell would be an emergency that necessitated me driving around the Arc de Triomphe. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> no nobody, think, nobody would want that. No, I cannot no. think of anything worse, truly. No. You're right, actually, it's oh. because it's about five lanes, isn't it, it, it the Arc de Triomphe? Yes. I mean, Shepherd's Bush roundabout is one thing. Yeah, I do. A friend of my sister's once got just so panicked at the uh, roundabout at Hyde Park Corner mm-hmm. that she just got out and left her car. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just, just seemed. I didn't. Didn't think it would really solve anything. No, I mean, well, it, it's sorted that out in the short term, but um, <laughs> you've got to get back in somehow. Yeah, someone's going to have to sort it. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just five dollars. 
From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Right, uh, let's talk football. Um, and actually, this is a very positive uh, conversation with Jill Scott, who is one of um, one of the lionesses, one of the England team, who secured that victory in the Euros back in 2022. Then she did a bit of celebrity reality telly and went on the Jungle programme. I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. She won that also. Uh, and now she is involved with a campaign to improve kitchen facilities at local football clubs. This is part of a, a wider effort to bring communities a little bit closer together. So she told me how she got involved. Basically, I got approached by Howden's Kitchens um, about putting kitchens in at grassroots football clubs. Um, And basically, it was a campaign of theirs that they wanted to give away free kitchens. I think they've already given away um, over 140 kitchens and they're doing a three-year plan, which is worth £3 million. And sometimes people think, oh, it's just a kitchen, but it's really, really changed the grassroots club. I think there's a lot of clubs that are underfunded, a lot of clubs where you couldn't even probably get a cup of tea, uh, a hot drink at half time. And I think it's kind of helped them in terms of raising funds and being able to put on events, but also that social side of being able to have a chat, being able to stay after football, which you know the world at the minute there's a lot of people that are struggling with mental health so I just think it's been a great initiative and when Howden's asked us to get involved for the second year running I was very pleased because I've been out there I've seen the impact it's had on on local clubs on clubs throughout the UK um, and yeah it's just great to be involved. Do you think people sometimes underestimate the importance of football clubs to a community to keeping people together? Yeah, I think so. Um, I went to see one in particular in Hebben and just to see how much work that they've done within the community. They've built the club from a few teams to they've got well over 50, 60 teams now. And they say that it really has become the hub of the community, the football club. Um, they've got places where people can go and chat. They've got some of the girls that have played since um, younger age level and then they've gone on to play for the senior team. They do some shifts in the kitchen as well and they just say that it's nice just to chat to customers and it's really helped them with their development as well. And even people that stepped away from that club, but they're still coming back Um a couple of them were working in the kitchen as well. And I thought that was really special because it wasn't just the football that attracted them back to the club. It was the whole community. So, yeah, I think that's a great point that a football club does become part of the community. Tell us a bit about your your career now, because you are, I mean, you can't possibly, in the nicest possible way, have envisaged this, I don't know, 10 years ago when, when you were playing, presumably. I mean, this is, it's, you're, you're, you're everywhere in a good way. It must, no, it must be fantastic. 
Yeah, no, it's great. I think when I think about playing football, you always think that that is your purpose to be a footballer. I was lucky enough to do it from the age of five. So for 30 years, that was kind of what my purpose was. But when I finished playing, I kind of delved a little bit deeper into what I really stood for. And I really do like to help people. So it's great that I can use my platform um, to work with kind of different campaigns and just make that little bit of a difference because I think if you can go to bed at night and think you know what I helped someone today and it might be something just so little in like the sense of just everyday life but then doing things like this as you say I never thought that I'd have this kind of position where I, I could help people on a, a broader scale so I feel like one of the lucky ones I, yeah. I worked very hard when I was a, a footballer I think that's because I was never one of the best players but I knew the work that I had to put in to, to reach the top so I'm hoping that I can still take that work ethic in uh, this time after football and, and try and make a difference. You mentioned having a platform well not that long ago no former female footballer would have had a platform would they I mean because but now your household names it's totally different. Yeah and I think obviously on the back of the Euros success you see what a, a successful campaign like the Euros does to the women's game the girls game football in general in in England but yeah we strive for that for a long time I was part of the England team for 16 years there was a whole other generation before me um, women's football was even banned like 50 years ago so there was so many people that have, have fought for women's football so that's why I do count myself one of the lucky ones because we were the ones that got to step out onto that pitch at Wembley um, and get that gold medal but we'll hope that everybody who'd took part in women's football volunteered for girls football just anything that they'd done they'd contributed towards that gold medal so yeah it's definitely been a journey the lionesses have obviously still flying the flag a, a final in the world cup Um, they're still doing so well and it's a great time to be a lioness fan and believe me i think i'm the biggest fan going now yeah. that I've retired. <laughs> yeah. No, you do a really good job there. But um, just take us inside the party after you won uh, the Euros. Um, I think I do remember, I must be honest, Jill, seeing some images of you the following day. And, um, you know, you clearly had had a really good time. Yeah, no, it was good. I can take you into the party. I don't know how I got out of the party. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it was a just a great event, really. And it was nice to see our families as well after yeah. all that time and be able to have a little drink with them and, and celebrate and then obviously we had Trafalgar Square where we were greeted by 10,000 fans so yeah it was so special and I, I know that nothing in my life will ever come close to that win Um, but it's one of them things where you see the knock-on effect that it's had and maybe that was a moment in our life but it's changed things for the next generation mm. and also kind of the generation before me as well I hope that they can get opportunities because they give a lot of their time to playing for England, playing for the clubs when women's football wasn't making any money. So I think it's important that we remember everybody because it has taken everybody to get at this point and it'll still take everybody to progress it even further. How important is it to you that you are also a pundit who comments on the men's game? Yeah, very important. I think... Um, Obviously, you can't shy away from comments that you get that can women uh, comment on the men's game if 
they've never played it, but Ian Wright commentates on the women's game and does a fantastic job in that sense. So I think it's very, very important um, for some negative comments you get. You also get a lot of positive ones. And I think we have to keep kind of putting ourselves out there. Yeah, sometimes it's difficult, but I always say for a young girl watching the TV, um, if she can see you, she can dream of that job. And for them negative comments you get, if you can, again, change one girl's one young girl's dream to be a, a commentator, a pundit, then it makes it all worthwhile. And you know what? We're, we're kind of thick-skinned. Uh, we've been getting well, kind of a you... lot of stick for playing um, a man's game since the age of seven, eight, mm. nine. You had to put up with some nasty comments So. If I could take them at nine-year-old, I can certainly take them at 36. Yes, okay, and, all right. Yeah. But what is it What is it those men are worried about? Um, I don't know, to be honest, and I don't think it's all men. I, I must say that I work with some great guys in, in the men's game um, and the, they've always helped me and they've, they've always been dead committed to making sure that we have the same platform as them. So... I'm not too sure. I, I can't answer that. I'm kind of not in not in their heads, not in their bodies. But for me personally, I would never take the social media just to be negative about things. I think for me, it's all about helping people and helping that next generation. So I tend not to give it any energy because I think you're then just feeding a negative mm. thing that's just going to get bigger. So I think let's concentrate on the people that are back in women's football, are back in women's pundits and that they're doing a great job. So I like to kind of fuel them people more. Okay, so I won't ask you about Joey Barton. <laughs> no, let's, let's not. not let's, not. let's not waste any more breath. Um, actually, let's, can we talk about the men's Euros in the summer? Um, yeah. Already there's this slight sense of it's England's to win. And, you know, I've been watching football for quite a long time and England men have never won anything in my lifetime. And uh, But we always seem to be overconfident, maybe too, I don't know. Do you feel the same thing building again? You know what I, I said about, oh God, it'll have been over a year ago now, but I said that I do feel like this is England's tournament. I think I've been a massive England men's fan since... I remember the days of Mike Lone scoring that goal against Argentina and oh, yeah. that's why I'm a big fan of the men's game because without them players, I would never have probably dreamt about playing football. So I think when you look at the team we've got, Declan Rice, Jude Bellingham, uh, Saka, there's Harry Kane, like the list goes on. I do think we've got the strength and depth where we can go there and do something. Now, winning a tournament is not easy. I, I played in 10 international tournaments in my career and only got one gold medal so it's it's not easy and a lot of it does come down to what happens on the day but I do feel like we'll be the best prepared team going into that tournament Are you going to be involved in the coverage? Um, I'm not too sure yet actually um, kind of waiting to hear on a few things but I'd love to be involved in, in some capacity you know what even if it's just that I'm out there as a fan yeah, um, yeah we'll just see kind of what comes comes my way but there's some great pundits like Karen Carney and Oliver Lugo you've got Rod Keane Ian Wright like mm. it's a it's it's a tough industry and I do believe that these pundits do a great job so yeah if I can be involved in any way shape or form I'll, I'll be there with me England top on
the former lioness Jill Scott. She's one of those really popular players that everybody loves because she's insightful, but she's also funny, doesn't take herself all that seriously. And um, do you remember when she when she came on? She didn't start that game in the Euros, in the women's Euros, but she came on, I think, towards the end and she was just effing and jeffering everywhere. <laughs> just, but she was, There was sort of magnificence about her that I've never forgotten. I also must correct that interview. This is like correction corner uh, because I implied that I wasn't alive in 1966 when England men did actually win something. But you were. How old were you? I was you? two and okay. I, apparently I kept running in front of the screen and disrupting the adults entertainment actually i'd only just learned to walk because i was an exceptionally slow walker <laughs> due to my bulk that's <laughs> yes, true so there we are okay. uh, can i just finish with nella and todd morton in west yorkshire because it's so funny we don't need to say anything after okay. this some 30 years ago my ex-husband and i were persuaded to attend a taster session as an introduction to the felden craze method run by a very serious woman at a local community centre. I'm sorry if I've pronounced that wrong. We were guided through various undemanding postures and instructed to imagine that we were performing more demanding stretches and muscle contractions, the theory being that our body would then behave as if we had really performed them and the result would show in our ability to better mobilise ourselves. Both of us nearly fell asleep. It was so tedious. Mm -hmm. When invited to queue up at the end to pay in advance for a very expensive block booking of further sessions, my husband got to the front of the queue to ask whether we could imagine that we had written the cheque. <laughs> to pay for the course and she could just imagine the money going into her account i like the sound of him i'm sorry that marriage ended <laughs> well, yes okay <laughs> that's not it's not the bit that shot i'm out. sorry <laughs> You're that's, that's quite telling <laughs> finish the email uh, this raised not a smile and we managed to conceal our laughter until we escaped outside never to return as far as I know Feldan Kreis or whatever it is is still a thing so presumably many folks still imagine it's doing them good emphasis on imagine, imagine. and yes. uh, Nella just ends by saying I'm a Yorkshire woman so I don't take any shit right. and she's enjoying Times Radio and uh, particularly enjoys Matt and John as well as our show uh, it's an absolutely lovely story Nella it's really well told and uh, you know maybe if your ex-husband's nice put him in touch with Jane <laughs> no, just thought, well it's quite funny and give the bloke some credit I thought that was good no it's just interesting it's like playing hooky duck that's not the duck I would have lifted <laughs> Right. Um, it's Nella, isn't it? Is it the, is, yeah. yeah. And she says that she's from Yorkshire and doesn't take any shit. But which part of the country does take shit? Mainly Hampshire. Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> They're just too... Why, why are people in Hampshire more inclined to take shit, do you think? Because everyone's very polite. So yeah. there's there's just a lot of, I'm so sorry, but thank you. I'm so yeah. sorry, but thank you. I'm so, I'm so, I'm mm. so no, I'm sorry. Really, okay, you but do... Thank you. Had Jane Austen come from Yorkshire... Pride and Prejudice would have been very different, wouldn't it? He, he looks like a right old bell end. <laughs> Goodbye. Right, I don't know what that was. Okay. <laughs> right, we're back tomorrow, I hope. Uh, Jane and Fee at times.radio.
Well done for getting to the end of another episode of Off Air with Jane Garvey and Fee Glover. Our Times radio producer is Rosie Cutler and the podcast executive producer is Henry Tribe. And don't forget, there is even more of us every afternoon on Times Radio. It's Monday to Thursday, 3 till 5. You can pop us on when you're pottering around the house or heading out in the car on the school run. Or running a bank. Thank you for joining us and we hope you can join us again on Off Air very soon. Don't be so silly. Running a bank? I know, lady. A lady listener. I'm just sorry. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com.